Welcome to Electric Sports Talk, your one-stop show for all things sports. Here at Electric Sports Talk, we focus on sports and only sports. And now, here's your host, Ty Crystal. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ty Crystal. Welcome to Electric Sports Talk. Very happy to have you along for this show today. Um, it's an exciting week. We all know that the US MNT is back. Use the hashtag on your social medias. Um, and mentioning social medias, check out our social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so, anyways, the US MNT is back. We're excited. So, today we're going to be previewing the two upcoming games against Wales and Panama. Um, but before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about some of the doubt that was surrounding uh, Christian Polisic and Weston McKinney coming into this camp. Uh, we already had to see Josh Sargent pull out from this camp due to the COVID restrictions um, at Vita Bremen uh, that are happening in Germany. So, you know, that's very unfortunate. I think it would have been really nice to see uh, Josh Sargent in this camp, but, you know, that's that's something we'll be able to see. Um, but the good news is Christian Pulisic will be in the camp as he did arrive, um, you know, with the injury question marks surrounding his arrival. But, uh, you know, Greg Berhalter did have this to say about Christian. He said, and I quote, uh, Christian has joined the U.S. M&T camp and we are treating him as a day-to-day. Uh, I am aware he has missed a couple games with Chelsea over the last two weeks. But since he is the captain of our national team, he wanted to be with the rest of our players. Um, and that was an interview that Greg Berhalter did with Fox Sports. So I think that is exactly what a lot of us were kind of expecting Uh would be the reason for Christian Polisic to come into this camp. Uh, we figured he would, you know, be here as more of just the leader of these guys to kind of be around the team, get familiar with some of the new faces, really be able to establish a presence back with the team after he has been away for so long. Um, so it, it's a good thing that I think he's in there. Uh, I guess you could make arguments for someone taking his spot and coming in and actually playing in this camp, sure. Uh, but at the same time, I can't complain too much about Plissett coming in. He's obviously, uh, when he's healthy, that is, he's obviously one of the best players in uh, our pool. So that's what's going on with Christian Plissick. And, uh, you know, we'll talk more about whether he'll play or not as we get into the game previews. Um, so you have to stay tuned for that. Now, uh, there was more controversy surrounding uh, Weston McKinney and the potential that he might not be able to leave Italy and Juventus didn't want him you know, uh, going out of the country and then having to deal with the the COVID restrictions once he returned. Um, And so a lot of people were like, oh, man, is Weston McKinney going to be able to come into camp? Well, you know, more good news. He did. um, He was able to come into camp. And Greg Berhalter in that same interview with Fox Sports had uh, this to say about Weston McKinney. Quote, we are able to get we were able to get permission for Weston to leave Italy and the travel ban restrictions change every day due to the pandemic. Unfortunately, we couldn't do anything for Josh Sargent, and we'll miss him uh, in this camp on this occasion. So, you know, he does mention Josh Sargent not being able to come in, and obviously Josh Sargent a big part of his plans, but Weston McKinney, an equally big part of Greg Berhalter's plans, obviously having a good time of it at Juventus. So really happy, uh, me personally, I'm very happy, that he's able to leave Juventus and and show up and and be around these players because Wes McKinney, to me, is one of the real leaders of this team. 
um, on, not just on the field, but off the field. He just seems like the guy that a lot of players talk about very highly of. A lot of the media looks towards, um, you know, after games. And, and you get good comments from Weston McKinney, it seems like, all the time. And he seems like a real upstanding type of guy. Uh, so I think it's a it's another really good thing to have him in this camp and socializing with some of these dual nationalists and, you know, putting that filler out there that uh, you have a team leader in West McKinney that, that's a good guy and a guy you want to keep spending time with. So, you know, that's kind of some doubts surrounding some of the players coming into this camp. But, you know, they've been solved and we're happy to have them in here. With that being said, let's talk some Wales national team. So the Wales national team, uh, they've already returned to play. They've already played a couple games in the the year 2020. Um, they have played, up to this point, five games, uh, four Nations League Group B games, and then a friendly against England. Uh, so far, they have a win over Finland, a win over Bulgaria, 3-0 loss to England, a 0-0 draw with the Republic of Ireland, and another win over Bulgaria. So, um, you know, they haven't been scoring a lot of goals, but they've been getting decent results in the Nations League. Um, Their three Nations League wins have only been 1-0. So I think uh, this is a team that we obviously know has decent players, but at the same time, it might be lacking a little bit in the type of talent they could bring in. Um, Obviously, they will be missing two big key contributors on this team as um, Wayne Hennessy playing at Crystal Palace will uh, not be in this camp, as well as um, Aaron Ramsey, um, who had to withdraw uh, due to, I believe, an injury. But, you know, obviously two big kind of important losses, I think. Um, but, you know, they the Wales team also had t- three other players withdraw from this roster. Um, so... It's not necessarily the roster that I think Ryan Giggs was wanting to bring in to face um, the U.S. men's national team, but it is uh, it is nonetheless the roster that he has to work with, and there's still some really good players in here. Um, so I'm going to run run through the lineups that I think we'll see, and then kind of talk to you guys about uh, what I suspect. You know, how I suspect the game will play out. Um, and, you know, to the best of my abilities, try and give you guys some tactics of what of how I think both teams will play. Obviously, I'll be much more well-versed in what the USM&T will do uh, rather than Wales. But, you know, I will try my best uh, with the Wales team. Um, so let's talk starting lineups then. Um, and let's talk USM&T first. So I think this game of the two games in the camp will be the most important game uh, to try and really, you know, go after a win. I think a win against Wells would look really good uh, on your schedule. I mean, obviously, you know, this isn't like a college football playoff selection committee that is looking at your schedule or whatever, but it's just an eye-pleasing win, right? Um, And it's something that I think a lot of fans would enjoy seeing a win here, too. Um, so I, th- I I think that you'll want to put out your strongest lineup. Now, my strongest lineup and Greg Berhalter's strongest lineup uh, might be a little different when it comes to the type of tactics that we would use, right? And it's still kind of, in my opinion, it's still a little 
uncertain what type of tactics he'll try and implement because just because we haven't seen the U.S. for so long, it's a really young group of players. It's a lot of new faces. Um, but I, I imagine that it'll be, you know, a little bit of what we've seen from Greg Berhalter already. Already, uh, we might have more of a stay-at-home, uh, outside back on whichever side, and then we'll probably have the wingers pinching in more. Um, and especially with the guys he's called in, I think that would look really good. Um, you know, I think he's going to try and implement some ball possession into this, and he is going to want to play out of the back. And, and we've seen that Greg Berhalter already wants to do those things. He just needs to, uh, you know, get the players in that can do that. And this camp might be a good chance to kind of bring in some highly skilled and, and uh, young players that can do just that. Um, so when we're talking lineup, though, I, I, this is the lineup I kind of see him implementing in this game. Uh, so we'll start from back and make our way forward. Uh, in goal, um, it's obviously going to be Zach Steffen. I think he's the number one, number one choice goalkeeper. And uh, I think he gives the USMNT the best chance at, you know, getting some good stops in goal because uh, they might need it. And as well as playing Greg Berhalter's system the way that he wants to see it played uh, to really benefit the, pl- uh, benefit the team team's play on the field. Uh, I think your two center back pairings will most likely be John Brooks and Matt Miazga. Um, I just feel like with the center backs that have been called in, these two are probably your best equipped players to take on this Wells team. It, um, obviously, we know John Brooks is very skilled, uh, and, he, and he's left-footed, so that really helps. Uh, so he'll probably play the left center back, and then Matt Miazga. I think what he'll contribute here is he'll be a big presence inside the box, um, and he'll be able to really put in hard challenges uh, if, if need be. And, you know, he's been playing a lot for Vincent Company. Uh, at Anderlecht lately, so maybe you know Vincent Company is helping him and giving him some tips on things he can do better to improve his game. So I definitely want to see what Miazga can do against a team like Wales. Um, your two outside backs, uh, and this is probably not what a lot of people are going to think is what's going to happen, but this is this is what I foresee. Um, on the left side, I have Tim Ream, and on the right side, I have Serginio Dest. Now, I I did criticize Tim Ream, you know, a little bit in the last episode I did uh, with the roster reaction, <laughs> but I do believe that Tim Ream will play left back because I think Berhalter is going to want to implement a more stay-at-home left back, not as expansive, not as as roaming and, and attacking on the left side. Um, but then I think on the right side he'll he'll have a guy like Dest uh, over Cannon because. He'll want to get more up the field with uh, this other side, uh, with the right side, and I think Des is a, a good player that can obviously get forward really easy, easily. He can control the ball really well. Uh, you know, he's a scoring threat once he gets around the box too, and he can put in a really good pass. So, um, but the reason behind why I think this is kind of the idea of, of attacking up the right side uh, with your outside back and then the staying at home with the left back, you know, we'll get there as we keep talking about this lineup and, and how I see it playing out. In the midfield, um, I think it's it's pretty easy picks right now. Um, I think we're going to see Adams uh, playing your more defensive type midfielder, your kind of your quarterback role. Um, I think it'll be perfect for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up getting the armband in this game. Um, so I think that's something we'll have to watch for. And then uh, we're going to put McKinney and Legette 
in the midfield pair as kind of like, I mean, I think they're eights, you know, in this system, but it's hard to say to me because I don't think the U.S. is trying to necessarily implement a 10 role in their midfield, but Leggett can be a little more progressive in his play and advance up the field a little uh, uh, cleaner and getting good scoring chances. But I think this is those two are the ones that give you the best chance at uh, competing in the midfield, both on the offense and the defensive side, because McKinney can get in on goal as well. Um, okay, at striker, we're going to put Sebastian Soto. It either came down to Soto or, or you know, Giochini. And, well, it's a tough choice uh, because they're both inexperienced and they're both playing for uh, relatively, you know, weak teams in their respective countries. Um, I'm going with Soto because... I, n- I just want to see if Soto can compete um, on this higher stage. Like, we've seen him do pretty well at the youth levels, but I want to see Soto at, a, at this higher level against some quality competition in a team like Wells and see what he can do because, you know, if he can get in there and score, then it might kind of solidify this striker position that we are continually looking for an answer um, and seeming not to get one so far with Josh Sargent. So, you know, put Soto in there and let's see if he can really solidify his spot um, as either a consistent call-up or or maybe he just takes that spot overall. Um, on the right side, I want to want to be playing Gio Reyna. And I think the reason for that is he will tuck in um, and turn him more to like a midfielder kind of on the attack. And you'll almost have like this unique shape of like a more of like a four one three two or four one two two like it's gonna look a little strange right but based on what he's been doing at Dortmund I think that'll be where his future lies even on a national team stage Um, because it seems to be really what he's effective at and I wish Christian Pulisic was playing in this game because then I would play um, you know Robinson and try and bomb both guys up the up the sides, and then you could talk about like a back three, but you know that's that's kind of complicated. Um, so you know we'll save that for another time. But uh, on the left side, we're gonna have Ulianes, and you know I like Uli. He did really good in the last game against Costa Rica. I think considering the injury to Christian Pulisic and the guys available, I just think that he'll be the best suited to play on that left side and kind of do what Greg Berhalter wants to be done on that side. I mean, we saw what he could do against Costa Rica. He got forward. He got involved a lot. He had good creative dribbles. Uh, we know that he likes to take on players and get involved in the attack and, and put himself in dangerous positions to score. And then we saw him take the penalty against Costa Rica. And if he can, uh, you know, have that penalty factor and, and, and have the confidence on the penalty spot, then that's a good thing to have in the starting lineup as a guy that can just confidently step up there and take penalties because I'm not sure if there's a guy on the squad right now that uh, is really solidified a spot for the penalty taker because I don't really think it's Christian Pulisic for the penalty taker. Um, I think Josh Sargent's kind of trying to be the guy, but I don't think it's him. You know, maybe Altidore or Zardes if they were in the camp, but that remains to be seen how much more they'll be in. So, you know, I, it's obviously a penalty is not going to happen like all the time in every game, but it's always good to have a guy that can step up and take penalties. That's for sure. 
So that's our lineup for the U.S. Men's National Team against Wales. Uh, just to give you guys a quick recap, we got Stefan in goal, Brooks Miazga at the center backs, Raymond Dest on the left and the right, Adams in the defensive midfield role, McKinney and Legette playing in the other two midfield roles, uh, Ulianes and Gio Reyna playing the wings, and Sebastian Soto at the strike position. So now let's talk a little bit about Wales. Um, now, obviously, Wales has a good crop of players that play in in some of the top for some of the top teams in England and in the Premier League. So they have quite the list of players they can choose from. Like I mentioned, though, they did have some high level prof, uh, some high profile players withdraw from the squad. So it's kind of a squad that uh, isn't necessarily, you know, maybe the best type of Wales team you'd be taking on, but it's still a team that um, I'd be very intrigued to see uh, go up against the U.S. men's national team. So I, you know, I'm not gonna know a ton of what um, Wales will do with their lineup as far as how they'll tactically go at things. Obviously, a lot of play will channel through Gareth Bell, assuming he starts and is fully fit. Um, but in goal right now, I see Danny Ward, uh, the Leicester City backup playing this position. Um, I think he's just the best goalkeeper of the three that's been that has been called in. All right, I think your two center backs are going to probably be Ethan Ampadu and Chris Meefum. Um, Meefum plays at uh, Bournemouth and Ethan Ampadu at Sheffield, Sheffield United. Now, I think Ethan Ampadu is one of those these young, promising center backs that will be one of the next big players uh, on the world stage. He's only 20 years old, but he's already showing the characteristics of a really good center back. So honestly, um, I'm kind of going to be excited to watch him play in this game because I haven't seen a ton of him, but I've heard so many good things about him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good player that I think will match up against Soto, assuming Soto starts. And, and you can kind of see that dynamic of two really young guys and up-and-comers uh, for their national teams, seeing what they can do. That'll be fun. Uh, out on the uh, outside back positions, at left back, we're going to go with Ben Davies playing at t- uh, Tottenham. Uh, he's just the best left back that I think Wales has to offer, and he does a lot of good things for Tottenham too, so it makes sense to have him here. At the right back position, we're going to go with Connor Roberts playing at Swansea. Um, you know, only 25 has 20 caps for Wells. Um, but the guy in this camp that's been called in right now, uh, of the players that have been called in right now, that I think is most likely to start on that that uh, right back position. Uh, you could also maybe see Nico Williams there, the young 19-year-old uh, from Liverpool. So we'll see, um, but I think that's that's where Wells will go. Um, and then in the midfield, I think it gets a little more complicated here for me, at least, because, you know, there's a lot of players we could choose from here. Um, but I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Joe Morrill, who is also a very young player playing at Luton Town. He's 23. He does have nine appearances so far, but uh, he is seeming to be the one that's being projected in in this defensive midfield type role. For Wales, um, and I kind of see him playing a four-one-four, some type of that formation, um, or maybe like a four-three-three, you know, something like that. 
But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Joe Morrill in in the defensive midfield, um, and then Johnny Williams, uh, Charlton F- at Charlton Athletic, uh, in the forward midfield role, and then also Tom Lawrence playing at uh, Derby County in the uh, adjacent midfield role uh, with Johnny Williams. Uh, and then I think it gets easier once we talk attack here. Uh, obviously, Gareth Bell, assuming he's fit and healthy, which he seems to be now because he's playing, he has been playing more for Tottenham and uh, recently scored too. So Gareth Bell will be on the right side. And then uh, a really young and promising, exciting player in Daniel James will be playing left wing. You know, he's at Man United, and it's uh, it's a kid that when you watch him, he's very impressive. He's just got a high work rate. And uh, I think a player that definitely has an upward trajectory, especially at a place like Man United, that that I think uh, will give him the shots. And the more I think he plays, the better he's going to get. So I think Wales has a good player on their hand here in Daniel James. And then uh, at striker, we're going to go with uh, Kiefer Moore, who is having a good season right now at, at Cardiff. And, you know, it seems like a sensible pick at striker. Uh, he's 28, so he's got some experience under his belt. But he doesn't have a lot of caps for Wells. Yeah, so we'll see if he can come in and play well. So that's that's our lineup that we have for Wells. Danny Ward, Ethan Ampadu, um, Ben Davies, Connor Roberts, Joe Morrill, Johnny Williams, Tom Lawrence in midfield, Daniel James and Gareth Bell at your wingers, and then Kiefer Moore at striker. Now, the way I see this game playing out is it's it's going to be, honestly, I think, a, uh, more of a attacking game than I think we might expect. Um, I'm honestly going to expect a few goals to be scored uh, on both teams, but it's going to be really hard to pick a winner um, because I don't feel like a ton separates these teams other than Gareth Bell's one of the greatest players in the world right now. Um, but, you know, he hasn't been in his usual form because he's still working his way back and and starting to play more with Tottenham. So that might help level the playing field a little bit uh, for the U.S. men's national team. So I, I'm not a huge fan of predictions, um, but, you know, that's, that's what this show is here, this episode is here. Um, so if I had to have prediction, um, I'm going to say that it finishes 3-2, and I, I really don't know which team, but I think the game will be 3-2 to either U.S. or Wales, and mainly because I think that it'll be a pretty uh, good game moving forward, scoring goals. Um, I think the defenses uh, for the Wales team will be a little easier to get into just because I don't feel like their players are necessarily as skilled as the U.S. Uh, that could be a little bias on on my opinion there, but but I do believe that. But ultimately, I think the big downfall uh, will just be that the midfield for both these teams are are very strong, I think. So the midfield combinations with the promising attacking combination, I think will just be enough to overcome the defensive struggles that both teams have and then and and then ultimately score quite a few goals. Um, so yeah, I, the score in my head is is three two. Uh, I and whoever ends up with the win, um, I won't be surprised either way. But I think it's going to be a fun game to watch because these are two teams that on paper seem very evenly matched up. 
And this game will be played on Thursday, the 12th of November at 12.45. You can catch it on FS1. They're playing in the Liberty Stadium um, where Swansea City plays. So that's that'll be a, a cool stadium. I mean, you just look at the pictures. It's a, it's a beautiful stadium. Obviously, you know, the fans won't be there. As far as I know, at least the fans won't be there. But it's a, a beautiful venue nonetheless. And very exciting to see the U.S. finally being able to play this game after, you know, waiting for it for so long. Okay, we are going to go for a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk Panama. Stay tuned. Break! Alright, welcome back. This is Electric Sports Talk. My name is Ty Crystal. If you guys want to get in touch with us, ask us some questions, give us some of your thoughts that we can uh, talk about on our various shows here. Obviously, we cover many topics, not just U.S. Men's National Team Soccer, uh, but anything and everything you want to talk about, email us in your thoughts at electricsportstalk at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, and uh, as always, we're very eager to answer listener questions. So uh, let's talk uh, Panama now. Um, now this game is going to be very interesting because it's actually going to be be played in Austria. Um, now the reason it's being played in Austria is because you know Panama will be, be playing Japan in Austria, and the U.S. is uh, you know just thought, well, we'll just head over to Austria after our game against Wales and, and play you guys. So um, well, it will be weird. It'll it'll be you know convenient. Convenient also, uh, especially for the U.S., since they have majority uh, European players on this team. You know, with that out of the way, let's talk some lineups real quick. Um, you guys already got a feel for for the lineups against Wales and how we'll do them. Um, so I think what we want to see in this uh, Panama game from the U.S. is a, a different lineup, um, at least in a few positions. Obviously, we want to see some of the same players. For obvious reasons, but we'll have we'll have some shuffles uh, in this lineup from the Wales lineup because it's just a weaker team, a team that we can take advantage of more and play a, a little uh, younger, some of the younger guys I think more, and still get a good result. Um, so in goal, I'm going to put Ethan Horvath for this game because I want to see Ethan Horvath play. He hasn't played in a while for the U.S. Men's National Team. I think he's deserving of it, and. You know, I guess there's a strong argument to say we should put Stefan in goal for both games because he's not getting a lot of time at Man City. And, yeah, I can understand that. I can see where you're coming from there. Uh, so that's a fair argument. But, uh, you know, we're going to go with Horvath and uh, hope that they split the two games. At center backs, uh, we're going to go Brooks and Richards. Um, now, I want to see Brooks play just because I want to see him paired up with Richards in this game. Uh, I will totally understand if Miazga and Richards split the games. I think that might also be the best play uh, for the team. Um, so you can just kind of see the difference between Miazga and Richards and see if it's really any any much, uh, if there's any amount of drop-off between these two as far as their play goes. Um, personally, I think there will be because I think Miazga is the better player right now of the two. Now, when we talk, obviously, where will Chris Richards be in five years uh, at Miazga's age? He'll probably be better, sure. But, um, 
you know, Miazga right now is the better player. But I want to see Richards play against Panama because I think it's a team that he can play against pretty well and, and compete uh, for for a good spot here in this game. On the left side of our defense, we're going to go with Anthony Robinson. Now, we're going to kind of flip the roles from the last game as far as what we're going to do with the outside backs here. Uh, so we're going to have Robinson try and bomb up the left side, get forward, get in the attack, put crosses in. And then we're going to have Cannon stay on the right side as more of a little bit of a stay-at-home right back, but not as much as Tim Ream would be um, against Wells. But Cannon, you know, he's more of a defensive type of back. He's more of a traditional type of outside back, I guess you could say. Um, so I want to see Robinson and Cannon. We get into the midfield, and, uh, you know, we're going to have Adams and McKinney still in the midfield positions just because I think you want that continuity between these two players. They're, they're your two best players in the midfield, so, so you want to keep seeing those guys play as much as they possibly can um, and, and really develop the, a good connection in midfield and define their roles. Um, but then I want to put Richie Ledesma next to McKinney in the midfield because I want to see Richie Ledesma kind of occupy the right side when Tim Weah is is attacking and maybe combined with uh, Weah up the side, up this uh, right side, and try and get on on goal and maybe feed Reyna, who's coming in, or Robinson, who is coming in on some runs uh, from the left side. So... You know, and overall, I just want to see Richie Ledesma play a little bit. Uh, I think he'll definitely get some substitute appearances. Um, but I want to, I would really prefer that he start this game against Panama for a lot of the same reasons as Chris Richards. Um, so on our wings, we're going to have Tim Weah, like I just said, and then Gio Reyna on the left side. Now, I think Gio Reyna will have the same role he did in the Wells game. Uh, but just on the other side, and I don't think that'll be a problem with him. Um, you know, he started on both edges for Dortmund, and I think it'll be something that he'll be capable of doing really well throughout his whole career. And it won't surprise me at all if if he's the type of guy that starts out on the outside but then comes on the inside and, uh, you know, creates chances in the box or just kind of plays more of a midfield role uh, once the attack is breaking and he's like an inverted winger. Um, you know, and from the comments I get that uh, Greg Berhalter says, that's kind of what I see happening just based off his comments. Um, and I see it being talked about as that's what he'll probably be doing uh, on social media and stuff too. So, you know, I don't think it'll be surprising if he starts both these games either. And then... Um, I did write down Soto here to start a striker, but, uh, you know, Giochini can definitely get the chance at striker also, I think. Um, but I, I want to see Soto play more. And I think if he plays good against Wells the first time, play him again against Panama and see if he can hold that consistency over two games. Obviously, I think that Cardoso is going to get uh, some substitute appearances, um, I also think that you will see Giochini get in. You'll see Conrad probably get in uh, with this team. Uh, so you're going to have the guys that are subbing in too. Uh, I don't think you'll see Adesoe. Hopefully Eunice Musa will get in. Um, I know he's still really young and, and he's kind of you know, brand new pretty much to the U.S. and their system. But he could get some substitute appearances too. Um, 
and I have seen a lot of people being like, oh, he's going to start. I, personally, I just don't see it. Um, and not because, you know, I don't think he should, but I just don't see it happening right now for him. Um, but some substitute appearances are definitely strong uh, for those guys I just mentioned. So this game will be played on Monday, November 16th at 1245 as well. It'll be on FS1, and like I said, you know, it's in Austria. Um, the stadium that it's in is kind of a small stadium. It's not home to, like, a big Austrian club um, in the Austrian Bundesliga. So it'll be kind of, you know, a more uh, a more small-time feel when it comes to the stadium and the atmosphere. The game probably won't have as much excitement as the Panama game will. Um, and, you know, a prediction for the score here. Um, I could see the U.S. winning this one pretty handedly, uh, maybe like a 4-1 or 3-0 or something like that. Uh, I think the U.S. will just show up and take care of business. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that kind of feels right to me the more I think about it. Um, hopefully, they'll be able to imply some of these tactics really well and, and get some goals in this game, especially because this could potentially be a, a team that you're seeing in World Cup qualifying, so it's it's a team you got to perform well against. Uh, now and then you can know that you can translate that success from this camp into the World Cup qualifying games against teams similar to Panama's caliber and then obviously Panama themselves assuming they get there to play the USMNT they'll have to go through a little bit of a different uh, path to get to the group uh, you know the round robin play to play the US men's national team Anyways, out of you know, they'll probably come out of their group and be there uh, once everything is said and done because they seem to be the favorites in that group. So, you know, it's definitely a team that we'll see again, and we see a lot in Karma Calf. Uh, you know, a Gold Cup opponent uh, quite a few times. Uh, as the Nation Leagues continue to go, you'll probably see more matchups against Panama. But, you know, I think it's a team that you can dominate and that you can play well against. So just show that uh, come 16th, the 16th, and hopefully we'll be able to walk away from that game with a decisive win, and we'll be talking about it all hereafter um, as we do a, a review show. So this is kind of like a preview show, and, and we'll have a review show. So before we get out of here, I just want to leave you guys with a few final thoughts. Um, I made it very clear on the last show that I thought Haji Wright was a really big snub um, from this camp. And you know what? I'm going to stand by that. And my opinion has been even more reinforced by an award that Haji Wright received this last Sunday. Um, and so I'm really kind of impressed with myself, I guess you could say, that uh, I feel so high on Haji Wright and he's being acknowledged um, with with the accolades that he deserves. Um, so he's the he's the league leader in scoring right now in the Danish league, and his performance has earned him the October Player of the Month honors uh, from the Danish Super League uh, for his team. And, you know, that's that's really awesome. I think it's, it's a guy that is obviously representing the U.S. real well um, in a decent footballing league uh, in Denmark. And I think, hopefully at least, this performance at a, a bit of a smaller team in a smaller league will be able to translate his career into something bigger. 
Um, so I think if Haji keeps performing, then he'll have a real real argument to start coming into some camps here and put his stamp on the striker position potentially. Because, you know, the U.S., in my opinion, is really looking for a striker. And if we can find a good, consistent one, and maybe that's Haji right, then that will solve a lot of problems up in the attack, I think. Um, and, and that is just my opinion. Maybe you guys think that, you know, Altador or Zardis or whoever, Sergeant maybe, is the solution, and we already have one. But it's good to always keep the door open if you guys are right. And Haji Wright is obviously a kid that, uh, you know, I say kid because he's still really young, that can do just that, you know, leave the door open to someone like him, and he can come in and, and play, hopefully, really well. Um, when we talk about translating his performances from his club team to the senior men's national team. Other final thoughts I have, uh, mainly that I'm very happy and very excited that the U.S. men's national team is back and they're on the field and we'll be able to see, like, we'll be able to really see them in action again. Uh, we've seen so much happen since... You know, the pandemic kind of started and then the restart of football all around the world. And we've seen players come up with these big teams and really play well for places, uh, in places and leagues that typically, you know, Americans aren't uh, very widely accepted in. But I feel like Christian Pulisic has kind of changed this narrative surrounding uh, American players now, and it's really opened the door for people like uh, McKenney and Reyna and Conrad and Dest. And, you know, the list is going to go on, so we can talk about it all day. But I'm very excited to see if we can translate the talent that is obviously so apparent in the pool to the field. Because that is, that's the most exciting thing, is when you can take the potential that you see, you can take the the individual talent that you see and put it together and then you have a, a great team. I think the U.S. can do that and I don't know if we'll see exactly that in this game because it has been such a long time since they've been apart. Um, so keep that in mind as we watch these two games over the next week. But it's, it's still a, a team that's super young. It's still a team with a lot of potential, and I think a lot of people are very happy to see this roster uh, playing these two games. I, and two games that I think are well-suited for a young, developing roster uh, with with a coach that obviously is going to need time to integrate all these guys into the into the system. So I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. I hope you guys are uh, just as excited and will be glued to your, uh, well, in my case, it'll probably be my phone at work uh, while I'm taking my lunch break. Um, but I hope you guys are just uh, glued to those TVs, uh, your phone, whatever, and you're intently watching the U.S. Men's National Team like I will be. Um, and I can't wait to come back on and hopefully, hopefully, review two really good games and successful performances from the U.S. Men's National Team. But, you know, we will be back to break it all down right here on Electric Sports Talk. And I thank you guys for tuning into this. Uh, watch out for our review episode. It won't, it will, it'll be out pretty soon after uh, the game against Panama um, on Monday. So thanks for tuning into this episode, guys. Stay tuned. We have a lot more fun stuff uh, coming up. And uh, peace out. <laughs>
for listening to this episode of Electric Sports Talk. Tune in next time as Ty Crystal and guests break down all things sports here on Electric Sports Talk. Our topics include all things soccer, football, basketball, mixed martial arts, motorsports, baseball, golf, hockey, Olympic, and world sports. If you like what we're doing here at Electric Sports Talk, get in touch with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or email us at electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. 